This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I'm one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, sitting across from me, as always. Is your boy, Ify Wadiway, just jammed up charged up ready to go uh had some chuckles in me gotta 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 keep going right did you had a good birthday we all came to your birthday party oh yeah i mean and the hangover i didn't have i feel like i have it now i have like a headache it My refuses gosh. to go away but you know what hydration that's you're what it is. drinking caffeine right now that's yeah, the opposite but, well that's because my body needs it it's like mm-hmm. i'm giving you a headache because you ain't drank enough caffeine mm-hmm. so then you drink more <laughs> <laughs> love it Love it. Today we are talking about a movie um, that is 20 years old. I know, we're old. Holy crap. Some of it, like so much of it, it was so funny because as I was watching it, um, I was just like, wow, they were the first ones to really do this. Yeah. (laughs) You can hear you too. Oh. Totally hear you. Crunching, just crunching. Yeah. Yeah. Your boy's back on keto, so my snacks are back to being crunchy, so... uh... For everyone who keeps asking and keeping tabs on everything I'm eating on Twitter, yes, I'm back on keto. So now that would drive me nuts. You now, better, you guys, no one better write me a single thing about anything I eat ever. <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's a there's a a, a, a nice uh, trolley relationship I've built in uh, with our friends uh, of the pod and the stream and a super punch. That everyone needs to make sure the things I'm eating is keep keto. Thanks for keeping me accountable. Now you can do it. We're back on. Wow. My face is getting fatter. I was going to say the thing that people try to hold me accountable, which I've asked them not to repeatedly, (laughs) is when I post my workouts. And I started posting them. A lot of people know, like, I have Lyme uh, and Hashimoto's. And so, like, I took a a year, honestly, off when I was trying to heal myself from working out. Or I couldn't work out to the level that I used to. So I was, like, diving back in the last couple of years of doing strength training. Now I'm, like, squatting 
quite a bit, but like people will be like, you're form this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, do you want me to only post when it's absolutely perfect? Like that's not, I'm posting my progress. And also I did not ask you, I do not, I literally have a trainer that you can see in the video. So it's like, I pay somebody so you don't have to tell me crap. But still people will tell me like, especially in the chronic illness community, they'll be like, oh man, like I saw you do that. So then I tried to do it. Like, that's the whole reason I post. Yeah. I mean, in the end, like, form's going to shift and change based on, like, the amount of weight and uh, struggle. And, you know, like, and there's some dated, like, things people say about form. Like, they're like, keep Mm -hmm. your chest up. Keep your chest up when you're squatting. But if you have your chest up when you're squatting, big numbers, you're curving your back. And that's way you you do not want to do that when you're squatting. So I just laugh at people because it's like, oh, you're not used to big weights. Don't ever talk to me in your life again. Also, just a reminder, I have my bachelor's. Bachelor's of Science in Kinesiology, which is literally exercise science from the University of Texas, where all the money went into sports. So just going to throw that out there. It is our 100th episode. (laughs) (laughs) And joining us today, we have film and TV critic. Uh, She's written for Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, It's Chauncey Robinson. Hi. Hey. Hey. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited. You are a big horror head. Yes. Yes. I love horror. Horror is my jam. I do a lot of film and TV critic uh, reviews, but I, I tend to have a real love for all horror. Oh, that's so dope. Which I usually give it a lot more space when I review it. Because yeah. <laughs> we got some, you know, you get those indie ones and oh, stuff yeah. that aren't as, you know. Oh, yeah. I give space. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first, like, uh, what is the scary movie that you remember the most? Like, when, when how old were you when you first saw I don't know, your probably, first ho- horror movie? I don't know, probably like, I mean, my brother and my mom tell me it was like six or seven. Years old, it was like night, night, the Nightmare Elm Street oh, franchise, which okay. I was like deathly afraid of. And anytime my mom would go out and my brother was 10 years older than me, would uh, babysit. He, uh, my mom was like, now don't play <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. And of course he would play it. And anytime that Freddie came on, he would cover my head with the blanket. But of course I could still hear mm-hmm. Freddie. So I'd have dreams and I never really knew what Freddie looked like. So he always took the form of like my old teachers <laughs> or something like that, but like trying to kill me with claws of some sort. And it was really cool because once I got older, um, I grew up with a lot of boys, like so I was like the baby, but I was surrounded by all boys. So they would play tricks on me with with Freddie and stuff. But then I got older for some reason. There was like some sort of switch, and I just came to love Freddie and all of that. And I just actually recently visited the Nightmare Elm Street house that's actually <gasps> here in Los what? Angeles. Yeah, yeah. And it is. It was very exciting. I tried to. I stayed behind the bushes so that the homeowner wouldn't right. see me as I took my picture, but. Yeah, it was very, it was like a full circle moment. Yeah. There's a couple of those out here. A couple of famous horror one. Yeah, the Halloween houses. one is out here. Yes. It's a little bit further out. It was more in the valley. The Halloween one. Um, I also went to the Brady Bunch house, too. Isn't but. there one that was in Pasadena? <laughs> Isn't there one? Is that the one where the Halloween house is in Pasadena? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's, yeah, the Halloween. Yeah, and then right next door to it, they have a very cool um, gallery there that has all the pictures from the uh so they're kind of um capitalizing on mm-hmm. the fact that people go there for it um yeah because they actually they moved it they the mm-hmm. the house was moved because i guess it was in line for demolition and they were afraid that you know because it's like an historic part so they just moved it across the street and now it's like a train track right there so there's only like a little bit of of part to like take a picture in front of which kind of sucks but like you know you you kind of get the selfie on the angle and then, like, hide behind a tree and, like, <laughs> yeah. imitate Michael and stuff. Ooh. That's so funny. Yeah. I know. Uh, like, 
the have you been to the Amityville house? I haven't. Yeah. There's so many like horror houses. Uh-huh. And have you done any? Because Danny is, um, I'm trying to find a better way to say this, but I'm haunted? just going to say crazy. No. Because <laughs> she goes to a lot of haunted places. Do you ever do any of that stuff? Oh, yeah. I oh. mean, one of the things I wanted to do when I, I mean, I grew up, I was born and raised in Jersey on mm-hmm. the East Coast. I've been oh. here about um, about three years now mm-hmm. um, down in Los Angeles. And uh, one of the things I wanted to do eventually was like the go, because a lot of the haunted places seems to feel like they're more so on the East Coast, like the asylums and stuff. So I want to eventually like maybe spend the night in one of those places and just kind of like fill it. Here, (laughs) an asylum I can't do. I mean, maybe, maybe if I had like a crew or something with me, because I did this like comedy uh, ghost hunting pilot where we spent the night at Bob Baker's Marionette Theater, which has a good vibe to it. Not all places do. Um, But some place I would recommend is in San Diego. They have the Whaley House, which I've been to multiple times. In fact, I did like a paper on it. And um, it's one of Travel Channel's most haunted places. Mm. So I think you can spend the night there. Oh, cool. Um, It was like. Yes. Awesome. It's an old town, San Diego. Several people have died for various reasons uh. in that area. And old town is historical and it's awesome. Like there's a cemetery that's close by and there's like, you know, people wear garb from that time. And there's like candle making and and all of that. The house is small because people were just like smaller back then. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everything's more petite, like the beds are petite, the the um, doorways and stuff. Um, so I love it. But uh, yeah. Actually, I don't. I can't remember if I've said this on here, but Regis Philman, back when he was more famous, he like spent the night there doing a story uh, as a reporter, and he said he saw like a woman crawl up the wall, and he was like, "I'm never, never again." Mm. So, oh my gosh! Oh, you should do it, Ify. No, I so for Buzzfeed multiplayer, we're gonna do a video where we try and stream a scary game in the queen mary which is haunted and like they had the room set up and all that but uh due to like due to paperwork like we yeah you know yeah yeah (laughs) the the producing side of things like you know uh location releases and all that we couldn't get get it done so everyone's like, oh, dang. And I was like, yeah, all dang. All dang, y'all. I was I hated it. It was so like we were in the room and even with the lights on, like there was this locked door, like it was like it's went. No one would mention it. And I was like, what's up with this? And no one talked about it. And I was like, see, this is a problem. Like, y'all got to explain everything in this room. And I'm pointing to this locked door and nobody want to talk to me about it. <laughs> but you're so much bigger than me. It's so funny that I like openly go into these yeah. spaces. Well, then that's the thing where it's like I wouldn't be afraid of fighting like a monster or a chupacabra. But ghosts, you know, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't operate really harm on you. They harm you because they're terrifying just that they are there. Mm. But there's not too, too many stories of them actually like picking up a knife and stabbing you or something like yeah. they do in scary movies. And you can usually pick up on vibes too mm-hmm. if you like believe in that sort of thing. Like I have three cats so that's supposed to keep demons and oh, yeah. bad spirits away. I really yeah. do believe in that. So like yeah. They're like royalty. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. are. Like historically. I got the segment tattoo right here. Oh that's so cool. <laughs> Ify I was going to say while we're still talking geeking out about horror stuff um, our friend Allie Gertz I remember she had like a Halloween party or whatever and somebody was like I'll bring a Ouija board like in the Facebook group mm-hmm. and I'm like unless you want something Yep. If I'm there, something will happen. Yeah. Like I just attract that open energy and I'm like, I don't, I don't, you're not going to be like playing around if I'm there. Yeah. Like something's going to a hundred percent show up. Uh, yeah. 
Well, speaking of all that, uh, what, are, what, are you, what are you geeking out about? Um, recently, uh, I've been watching The Hunters on Amazon, Ooh. that Al Pacino. It's, you know, executive produced by Jordan Peele, but it's a really good one about uh, Nazi hunters uh, that I, I really loved. I, I actually did a review on it, too, that people can find on um, Rotten Tomatoes, where it I love the fact that it mixes real history with, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of origin of superhero of uh, because we actually really did have like Nazi hunters back Mm -hmm. in like the 1970s and whatnot. And there's still some today, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms. And um, yeah, it's just a great performance. It's really bloody. If you like the boys on Amazon, then you'll like that. I didn't care for the boys, but I like this. Um, I like uh, the gore is is similar, but I think the characterizations are a lot better. Yeah. And Al Pacino is like his most Al Pacino. Wow, (laughs) how funny. And um, yeah, it's great 10 episodes and it's good, good, hearty um, entertainment. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm super excited to check it out because I've been hearing like, you know, mixed sides where some people are like, oh man, I love it. And some people are like, oh man, you know, and that I usually like. I feel like, you know, now there's this weird thing of like everyone has to like or hate something. Mm-hmm. But I, the more enticing to me is because once again, I'll go on this again is, uh, is like, if you dislike something, you need to be able to tell me why and go into detail instead of saying this thing sucks because that isn't criticism. That's no. just being you're, you're just that's nothing that gives me no information. So uh, that's that's what I like is I like watching things, even if I might not ne- not necessarily be the biggest fan of it is like, let me see why I don't. But I'm yeah. probably going to like it. That's huh? that's how I was with um I I, c- I could not stand Hereditary. Uh, when it ooh. came out, oh, I, I couldn't stand yeah. that movie. I, I loved <laughs> it. And I hate scary stuff. So I and lo- then I actually went to go watch Midsummer. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, "Boo me once, shame on you. Boo <laughs> me twice, shame on me. Yeah. I'm never coming to a theater to watch Ari Aster. <laughs> this is so funny. I'm not doing that. Because I, I, I saw it with you, right? I saw it mid- Midsommar or whatever. I did not like it either. Okay. I did not enjoy it. It made me, but I was like, he did. And they had us fill out a survey after ours too. And I felt so bad because I'm like, I don't want to give this. However, what for me, I was so uncomfortable, did not enjoy it, like that element of it. And so I was like, you did your job if you made me feel any type of way than yeah. having no emotion i'm like you made me hate this movie and i was so uncomfortable yeah and you did your job then if that's what you wanted like you can't control people's mm-hmm. reaction to it so but it's so funny to hear yeah. that because so many people were in love with it and i'm I like couldn't. yeah you did your job it's, though well, you made me feel well that's something. the thing with ari and it's so interesting because i find that a lot of like horror fans typically are like oh, okay we get what you're doing because like <laughs> yeah. there's a formula <laughs> yeah. and he kind of goes against it and that's kind of what I like because it mm. kind of spoon feeds me where he just does long drawn out dread it's not uh. very jump scary it's very <laughs> slow paced and like I, and I just eat it up uh, did you um, watch the problem with the uh, the or is the weird thing about I the couldn't jumps? sit through that because <laughs> I, I saw I was like nope I was, yeah. and but then when I saw I, I found out about that after I watched stuff and yeah. I was like this makes perfect sense this guy had such a bleak view yeah. of humanity yeah I mean there's just no hope oh yeah and I know it's weird as a horror fan to say that I, I actually enjoy hope in horror movies but mm-hmm. to me I like mm-hmm. you know when I dissect films I, I look at story structure right I look at you know is there a journey I can go on that I can you know hope for something whether it's for the monster or whether it's for the you know protagonist and I just felt like he just has these movies where it's just like 
there's no whole what yeah. what is this like two hours of just feeling really uncomfortable it's it's so funny because <laughs> i you know i don't think it's a weird thing i think that's what makes horror enticing mm. to a lot of horror fans i think it's it's the it's for example the movie because i just did um Haley mancini and george oz's uh godzilla podcast and someone mm. was like didn't uh, godzilla come out during the the reconstruction period in japan i was like yes because godzilla is an allegory yes. of the devastation yes. of the atomic bomb and like that i think that horror movies is that same way of like yes on the outskirts it seemed like this very scary movie but at the heart of it it's hope that no matter how scary things get no matter what's going down there's hope that you can survive that you can outlast you know the horrors of the world around you and Ari kind of just takes that and goes no everything's bad yeah I don't know if I want to keep getting my money yeah <laughs> no, I, look, like, I'm I understand to be depressed but, after but I, I did it because <laughs> I had a similar situation with a video game I forget what video game it was i'm gonna find out in uh, while we're talking but it was this video game where the premise the the premise is the world the apocalypse happened the world ended there's not that many humans left we're not gonna survive save what's left and i was like well this it seems like i already lost (laughs) yeah is there hope should i go on why should i having like an existential crisis Yeah, I just like after the intro, I was like, well, I kind of don't want to. I feel like they the bad guys already won. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of horror, Mm. scary movie. Would you say that there's. Well, first, what was everyone's favorite memory from this film? Oh, I remember as a kid watching this, you know, when because this came out in 2000. So now I would I wasn't a kid. I was like a teenager. And this hit right at the age I needed it to hit. You know, like, it was like, it was that goofy, funny, and, you know, going back and watching, there are some things that just definitely do not hold up, but it, in a way, like, it, it, it's, it, like, <laughs> it kind of, like, is still trying to be, like, funny, you know? I feel like there's some stuff when people will do, like, off-color jokes where you could tell it's just being malicious and, like, making fun of where more it's like, no, we're just having fun and this is just uh, all silly. And, like, the references to all the movies, like picking up on that was great. I said mm-hmm. this before we recorded is I've also recently rewatched Scream and the Matrix. So like I was able to kind of pick up on those things, especially like the, they really did like knock it out the park. Um, and I have to say it is ambitious to uh, to do a parody of scare of scream when scream itself is almost a parody. It's a parody right. of yes. slasher films. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So like, it's this should not work, but because they play with it, they're like, okay, what if we take this and make it more slapsticky, make it more, you know, fart jokey, and it works. The literal most fart jokes. Yeah, I'm like, yeah this there is were a so lot of those. Those and like penis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sex. I'm like, this a is written that. by men who oh, just yeah. like remember when they were teens wanting to get laid constantly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so if he is right, it's 20 years old. Yeah, it's, oof. it's cr- and a lot of it does hold up, which is, is, uh, to me, they were the first ones to really make these parody films stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the Wayans brothers. It's Keenan Ivory Wayans and it was writers Marlon and Sean. And then they had collaborators, Phil Bowman and Aaron Seltzer. It definitely felt very guy heavy was. with all the jokes. <laughs> Oh, I think we can just slowly make our way to this movie because the thing I do like about the movie is it is so perfectly 
early aughts. It from the outfits to the references. I mean, so we have the opening scene that matches. It matches. It's matching the opening scene of Scream. Yes. And um, I didn't get the name of that. I remember back then I knew who Carmen that, Electra. Who, yeah. That was Carmen Electra. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, mm-hmm. Why didn't I notice that was Carmen Electra? It was funny too because they were talking about her and Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they made a Prince joke, which yeah. that was a, ooh, yeah, yes. It, it really kind of needed to have her yeah. as that because so many of the jokes at play were based off of her whole thing, like running through the sprinklers mm-hmm. and then that whole, because uh, she was supposed to be like the next Pamela Anderson when yes. all of that came out and just what she said about Prince. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, that's not I, my boyfriend. I just screwed him. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that 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 whole opening scene was funny, but it also like sets the tone for the movie in such a great way because it's funny, but it was all, it also is like that scary movie violence, like even mm-hmm. the the gag of like stabbing her boob and and silicone coming out, which like also that's like it's there's a level of like like not taking yourself seriously to allow that happen in a movie and like play along with it that I got to give props to Carmen Electra too, because I feel like, you know, people can be very guarding of their image. And she's like, no, we're going to make fun of myself and my like relationships. But it was, um, but then it was also still very violent. And then you're like, oh man, this is pretty violent. And then she gets ran over by her parents who are, who are, uh, you know, doing a little uh, drive action. So it's like, (laughs) Perfectly gets you ready for the movie that you're about to see. Well, I was going to say, speaking of making fun of yourself, this was uh, Anna Ferris's breakout role. That's yes. how she became known. Mm-hmm. And I was watching this and I was like, I would have been so, she was in her early 20s, like so insecure about so many of these yeah. jokes. Oh, yeah. Like it was, it was also peak, like you said, it was peak TRL, peak like Britney, Christina, Jessica, whatever, mm-hmm. all of those, which she kind of looked like a, a collaboration of all of them put together. Um, but even the jokes of her like having hairy boobs or like there were so many jokes like that where even in the second one, too, where I was like, man, that's so funny. You just don't really see actresses being willing to do that. Yeah. Uh, and she definitely was. So she also like just her comedy chops were the fact that she hadn't really been acting for at least in anything major. Uh, I was super impressed with. Yeah, she didn't even have an agent. Yeah. When she got that, she, she said in interviews, like, it was, she didn't even think she had a headshot. Yeah, that's that so wild. I, I mean, and also, like, you know, I can't, we can't get into Scary Movie without me play, uh, paying respects to the uh, the parody movies that preceded it, that uh, made it, which was my favorite, Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Juice in the Hood, uh, which Keenan Ivory Waynes produced that. Uh, he was an actor, director in Scary Movie, but he produced that. And then even before that, he was a writer and director of I'm Going to Get You, Sucker, which was One of a, my faves. Oh, my gosh. I always <laughs> think about faves. that. Like, it's like a whole movie can be made on the bit of the, like, pimp being released. And, yeah, in this age that has passed him up. I'm like, that's a movie. Like, that's a drama. Like, I would love to see that drama of a pimp being reintroduced to the world. <laughs> and they've, like, no, pimps aren't cool anymore. And they're making fun of him. Oh, Ooh, yeah. So, so the so parody isn't new to Keenan Ivory Wayne. So, like, if anyone was gonna do it, it definitely was him. Uh, and of course, uh, since Keenan Ivory Wayne's had a job, so did the rest of his family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. With I, I love, I love that model. <laughs> So, yeah, so then uh, we go from the murder to we open up. Uh, we were introduced kind of to our main cast as um, 
you already said Anna Ferris, and mm-hmm. then we also had um, Regina Hall. Regina Hall, but who was the the girlfriend that who was um, spoofing Bu- uh, the American Pie? Yeah, she Buffy. Was, yeah, Buffy. What was her? What's the actress who played Buffy? Uh, actress Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon. Yeah. So Shannon Elizabeth playing Buffy, Anna Ferris uh, playing Sydney, and Regina Hall. What was the name of her character? Oh my god! Oh my god! Brenda. Brenda. Yes, because the Brandon Brenda yeah. joke, uh, <laughs> which honestly, just these two, Regina Hall and Anna Ferris, I want to. I need them to do another movie together because I remember, like, not only in this movie do they kill it, but in Scary Movie Two they mm-hmm. kill it, and just their the way they play together and then on their own is like comedy super team i'm so glad that they brought <laughs> regina hall back for two and three okay so the actor that played greg who's been he's been in like a couple of other things too he always plays the same like the kind of dick i just was like this man looks like he's in his like late 30s early yeah. 40s and i loved it because it was actually and um i think regina too she was like 30 i think at the She's time 30, yeah. yeah i just love the fact that that is so on par because when you would see like freddie prince jr he'd be like 27 <laughs> yeah. playing a 15 year old yeah it made all of us insecure i think growing up because oh, yeah. we thought we were supposed to look like yeah. these people when oh, yeah. we were like 15 or something and they were all like 25 and they actually make that joke in the movie like oh they'll get like jennifer love huge tits to yeah, play yeah. Me, and like people who are 25 playing 15 and then they're all joking yeah <laughs> Because they're approaching thirty. Uh, that's yeah. so. Yeah, that was so funny. Uh, they, uh, so they they're they're all kind of sitting around, uh, chopping it up, and and so then we get to one of the one of my first big laugh moments. This is one of the f- scenes that I would just rewind over and over, which is all the different news reporting on the killing. Then we get to black <laughs> black news. And it was funny because it's just tackling because this was still when that trope was live that, you know, black people were killed first in scary movies. So they were, they, they just kind of nodded to that, got out and just was in. Then we kind of uh, get to the nod to I know what you did last summer. And we'll get into those details right after this break. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And we're back. How you doing? Welcome back to Nerdificent. I'm your host, If You Whitey Way. Across from me is Danny Fernandez mm-hmm. and our wonderful guest, Chauncey. How you doing? I'm good. Mm, are fun. you doing a good job so far? Y'all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, we yeah, have you our, guys yeah, are doing yeah, great. Yeah, we have our guests. <laughs> we're all over the place. Uh, this is something that we, we mention every couple of months is that we're on the comedy side mm-hmm. of the network. So we're not all facts and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, we we kind of I can't say the word that I want to say. We kind of dock around. <laughs> we kind of dock around. Dock do- around. <laughs> Oh. We mess around. Yeah, yeah. We mess around. We like to have fun here. We're talking about fun properties yeah. as in scary movie. Uh so if you were getting into the uh I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Which honestly it's kind of funny with those two franchises, the Scream franchise and the I know what you did last summer franchise was just like two teen high schools yeah. like battling each other at the time. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, it was like the Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Giller, and then you had um um crap, why am I blanking on her name? Who's Nev the, Campbell? Nev Campbell. Yeah. Um, and then Matthew Lillard and that whole you know. Ended up doing Scooby Doo, and then re- and then that's in the same universe. So you had Freddie Prinze Jr. and Matthew Lillard, yeah, and yeah. Michelle Gellar came back together. I don't know why I was doing scissors. Um, so yeah, so I I loved that. There were other things that they spoofed in here though, like a lot of pop culture things that yes. weren't just horror related. I yeah, know. yeah, no, the, the, we had Matrix pop up in there. We had uh, American Pie, American Pie. Yeah, there were there's a usual suspects. Uh, that was my favorite part. Yeah. One of my Ooh, favorite parts. That, that, because <laughs> I love that. That you know, um, this movie twists. I think we always think of like you know the Sixth Sense. We think of uh, you know Planet of the Apes. We don't talk about the cool twist of Usual Suspects. Right? Of the like, oh, I'm, I can't walk. Just kidding, I can, and I'm cool as hell. <laughs> like like that is, to me is so cool, and I love that they they like truly did it. And like there was no joke to it. It's just like, nah, we're doing this because it's like one of the coolest moments in, I think, movie twists. But uh, uh, so speaking of those pop culture yeah. moments, Roger, Roger Ebert actually said he remarked in his review that to quote to get your money's worth, you would need to be familiar with the various teenage horror franchises. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I don't think that you would have to have watched 
I mean, it's funnier because you know they're making fun yeah. of it. But you can just tell they're actually you can just tell they're making fun of the dumb girl trope like yeah. in a lot of it like there's a scene with Carmen Electra that we didn't talk about where like she has the gun the grenade the blah blah and she grabs a banana, banana yeah you know and it's just like stuff like that where you always are screaming in the movie like why are you going upstairs why are you going upstairs you know and so it's just kind of like I think horror movies in general which is like what if he was saying that scream was already kind of making fun of those yeah yeah, I think it also played on, I mean, not just the horror pictures, but also just like we were saying, like pop culture in general, mm-hmm. like the fact that with Karma, Carmen Electra, she had to be that the main person in the beginning because there was just so much of her in the news at that in that yeah. area. So it just made sense. She was relevant. And even if you didn't know horror, you knew things about her and Prince and Dennis Rodman and and just her being in Playboy and stuff. So I, I thought it was one of those things where it used horror and kind of not to get like too subverted, but like just what horror the horror genre can be, which is a reflection at times a twisted reflection of society in general. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like there was some sort of like meta, but also comedy thrown into that because that, the Wayne's brothers, particularly Keenan, are, they're just so like well versed oh, in yeah. that sort of uh, way that they go about their comedy. He's yeah. just so smart. Oh yeah. No, it. he's definitely smart and ahead of his time. And a lot of his movies will show you that. But I think you made a good point is, you know, a lot of people to go back on our horror theory, which we uh, went off on <laughs> earlier in the episode. A lot of what makes horror works is taking, uh, you know, things that, that we are actually fearing and growing. The reason Exorcist was as big as it was, was that was back when people were afraid yeah. of demons possessing people and, you know, Chainsaw Massacre based off of actual murders. And 90s, this time of time, there wasn't, you know, that many, like, horror style phobias which is why you had so many slashers because that's kind of like an easy go-to everyone is afraid of getting stabbed no matter what's going on in the world so it's i think it is like to think of like that formula for a horror movie it's it a parody is a no-brainer because Mm -hmm. if you're doing references now you can reference you know the things we are scared of and you know movies and stuff and the like and also that's my theory as to why I think Midsommar was so popular <laughs> because with all these fire fests and your and your like Coachella's like I you can I think a lot of people white people uh, were able to put themselves in the shoes was like yeah I'd go off to uh, you know nowhere <laughs> place to like yeah. see this cool festival oh no but it goes it goes wrong and I and I think with Midsommar too it just played on the ignorance of. Uh of other cultures, treating yes. other cultures as the other. Mm-hmm. And I thought, of course, it was a safe bet that they made that culture white, but yeah. it could have been any other oh, culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was oh, yeah. playing into this whole newness. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. they worship their trees. Like, you know, like things like that. I know, that, that was that was the beauty of it. <laughs> Which I'm glad, like, yeah, if you're going to do the culture is scary and kills people, yeah, go ahead and make it a white <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's what uh, Scary Movie was playing on, too. Mm-hmm. Like, where mm-hmm. we were in pop culture, where things, where people were becoming parodies of themselves. Yes. Almost. I mean, that's kind of how it is now, too. Yeah. But it was like, you know, playing on that path that we were going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of the other pop culture things referenced the Titanic, which was so funny seeing <laughs> Amistad that. Too. Amistad too. <laughs> Uh, Dawson's Creek up in the beginning. Yes. I love oh, when they could gosh. get actual cameos mm-hmm. by people. Um, the Budweiser was up at yeah. that one. Oh, my gosh. So also, a product like, of its time. A nice little thing I noticed rewatching it is that the beer that he has says killer. 
Love it. <laughs> I loved that they changed the killer's mask. Oh, I think that they that, had yeah. to probably for at, at certain points just for a copyright or mm-hmm. whatever. Like so the the mask wasn't an exact one from Scary Scream. Move uh, from Scream, yeah. But then I loved how period, pe- yeah, Ghostface periodically, like as he got high, it would change, mm-hmm. and like I loved when it. he was scared, he would it would change. Um, and then also the Blair Witch was the other scary movie that they referenced as well. Yeah, when mm. she uh, runs into the woods. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Gale Storm. What? What? Thunderstorm, uh, I think. Gale Hailstorm. Hailstorm. And my brothers and I used to always quote Officer Doofy reporting for duty. Oh, we yeah. would always oh, yeah. quote that. And then him, like, him with the vacuum. I can't like that. Well, also, like, here's a, here's a funny thing that I noticed. They were really good at still, because I find that when people are doing comedy and parodies, they... Typically, and a reason why a lot of these don't work is they don't treat it as a real movie where you have to like leave breadcrumbs and do this. And they truly did because the slightest breadcrumb is if you pay attention to (laughs) Doofy's underwear, they make his uh, his um, uh, his uh, his his member, I guess we'll say to keep it clean. Long enough so that the scene. <laughs> what? He, yeah, if you look at the size of his his downstairs, stairs, it's long enough so that he would be able to do that scene with, in the bathroom. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, huh, that's a nice little note because I was thinking, I was like, why would it? Why? Why? Like I was like, this seems like such a like subtle joke to make him like well endowed. What? And then that scene came, and I was like, oh my gosh, they they just left that like unnecessary breadcrumb of like yeah no he'd be able to do that (laughs) yeah there was a plot i think that was like you know sometimes when you have those uh parody movie movies sometimes it feels like there's just a whole bunch of skits thrown Mm -hmm. in and some of the later ones were kind of similar to that where it seemed like maybe they weren't as connected and cohesive but this first movie it really told a story like there was actually like there were some you know one-offs here and there but it still played into the characters and what they were going through so you actually were trying to figure out who is the killer and the twist that happened you're like oh that is a twist you know it wasn't it was actually a plot (laughs) <laughs> which is great yeah. which makes it you know even better no. yeah so the tagline for the movie's poster was no shame no mercy no sequel and then when scary movie 2 was released a year later that was something that was so fascinating to me this came out in 2000 they were able to shoot an entire other movie in a year and release that and the scary movie 2 came out in 2001 um the tagline for that was we lied uh which i love <laughs> Um, yeah. Also love that just wasn't addressed, um, and we can hop into this when we move into Scary Movie 2, yeah. that they all died, and then just like they were back, just fine, um, except for some of the some of the, the male characters that I didn't care if they like killed off. I think one thing we definitely need to mention about the movie is that it was very successful. Mm-hmm. Like It did well. It was a hit. I mean, all the kids, I, everyone I knew was referencing it top to bottom. And it was uh, it was like very vindicating for Keenan Ivory Waynes, who was forced to leave In Living Color by Fox, who uh, produced the show. Uh, and they decided to recut and air skits at random. And it brought down the resale value of the show, uh, which would have gone to Keenan. So they really did do that thing where they uh, screwed over the creator. <laughs> oh, and you could tell 100% that he had his hands on this. Um, yeah him and his brothers like there was no way in my opinion that this movie would have come out the same if a white person had 
written it. It was just so many jokes talking about that, like exactly what we said about like what happens to black people in scary movies. Yeah. And even just like so many of the pop culture references. Um, so I'm glad that it it has survived this like 20 years. I did want to say the original title of Scary Movie was Scream If You Know What I Did Last Halloween. Uh <laughs> And I'm, <laughs> they might have just gotten flagged by legal. Um, and so they changed it to scary movie. It has on the tomato meter a current score of 53%, an audience score of 43%. On Metacritic, it has a B minus. I also think it depends on who's reviewing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely this is one of those films where there's a specific style of comedy it was going for. And some people just aren't for, aren't for or against it, which is why... It, like I always will stand on that belief of like, even if a, like, I think a great review on Rotten Tomato is 50%. If, 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 if half people liked it, mm-hmm. half didn't, I want to see it. I love, for example, one of the examples I'll always stand by is mother. A lot of people uh, do not like it. I loved mother. And I think you should see it to see how you feel about mother. Um, if you're not squeamish, uh, <laughs> there's a lot that goes on. in Oof, the movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, and I think uh, this, especially this was like in the nineties, there was this nineties time. I remember I used to, for some reason, torture myself and watch Ebert like give bad reviews to comedies and like scream at the television because I disagreed. Uh, it's like it was like Twitter, except I didn't get to bug him. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, what a beautiful time that was. Mm-hmm. Critics. <laughs> I used to actually stay up late um, on and on the East Coast and watch um, Roger Ebert at the movies mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I came on like right after the 11 o'clock news because he yeah. was like he's kind of he was very much my inspiration mm-hmm. for getting into film and TV after I graduated uh, college. And it was one of those things where when I first started, I would look at older movies and then see what he said. And if they lined up, I'm like, I'm on the right track. But of course, <laughs> he got it wrong. But one of the things I always take when it comes to looking at film like he did was that he tried to look at what it was trying to achieve and mm-hmm. who it was for. You know, like he wouldn't compare like Oscar bait movie to, <laughs> you yeah. know, the run of the mill, like. Uh, comedy necessarily and I think that's the same thing with Scary Movie it was trying to achieve a parody and playing on that and I think it achieved that like above and beyond oh yeah Mm, smart smart uh, smart critic uh, brain right there I like it (laughs) I wanted to say because we had uh, talked about Anna Faris and um, this is Keenan said the biggest surprise was Anna it wasn't really a surprise it was a gift he said, I had seen everybody and I kept saying no to the point that the casting people were getting pissed, but I was looking for someone specific. I remember the casting person saying, I read a girl that I think is right, but she's never done anything before. And I was like, size. Yeah. Okay. See, I love that though. And her co-star, John Abrams, who played Bobby, uh, said, quote, Anna was just amazing. I mean, to come in that green and to have that kind of comedic timing was bananas. Which I agree. And of course, everybody, I was talking to my trainer about this this morning. He was like, man, that scene where she's doing it with him. I'm like, yes, we all remember the end of that scene. I think when I think of this movie, that's like the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. First thing that comes (laughs) to mind. Very guy. It's very like jackass, like pre-Tosh.0. Very much like in that same, you know, American Pie vibe. Uh, and then one other thing that I wanted to bring up before we move on to Scary Movie 2 is uh, Regina Hall. So oh, she, man. I mean, yeah, her her movie theater scene is so funny to me. Like, I just love that. So she said when she was getting Brenda 
when she was getting that roll down, she says, quote, I just remember watching Jada uh, Pinkett Smith scene in Scream 2 trying to get how she collapsed when she dies in front of the audience. Uh, she said, I literally tried to die like Jada. <laughs> she achieved that. I, it was definitely she gave the last scream yeah. that Jada <laughs> gave, which oh, yeah. I unfortunately I did laugh in the original when she yeah. did that, too. <laughs> so I was like, was oh, that works. So much. Yeah. It was so extra. And I was like, that's great that Jada did it and Regina did it, too. I know. It, it, yeah, that. I, there's so many scenes like that where they get to recreate it and just have fun with it. And I truly just enjoyed it. Like that scene, the scene where she's doing the uh, her talent for the beauty pageant and it and she's like screaming and everyone's like, oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> like, it's just so like so fun because you just kind of remember those scenes. And it is like when you're watching the scene, you have that suspension of disbelief in these movies and you're like yeah 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 but when someone gets to be like okay but that was kind of silly right yeah and you feel kind of vindicated and get to laugh at it it really did like capitalize on that uh joelle our amazing producer and researcher actually did make a list of all of the um pop culture so these are ones that i haven't mentioned yet Mm -hmm. which is uh we talked about the exorcist but just yeah that was in this one obviously the second one kazam uh which carmen electra mentions um election Mm. the shining shakespeare in love which was playing in the theater um thelma and louise the fugitive uh schindler's list boogie nights big mama's house those are actually brenda when she's killed in the theater she's killed by pissed off moviegoers and she's like ruined all those movies for them yeah Um, here's my favorite thing though is because it's it's a misdirect joke because everyone Is like it's it's a it's a, a movie that uh, like relates to them. Like there was a monk who was like uh, the I Jackie know. Chan film. Yes, and, this, and then it's a it's a pope who's like Big Mama's house. <laughs> uh, goodness gracious, that one made me laugh because it was so ridiculous. Uh, plus, I love a misdirect. Um, the Sixth Sense, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. We said The Matrix. You said The Usual Suspects and Halloween. Mm. So. I think we got all of them. Yeah. No, that was all, yeah, so fun. And I like that Marlon Wayans ends up dying, even though he was a friend of the killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's because they, we did that screen. Uh, yeah, that screen bit. I didn't realize back when I first watched it how they truly did mo- mock the beats, like down to mm-hmm. the dad mm-hmm. being brought in into it. Yeah. Ooh, they, it just makes you realize how like smart of a parody this movie is. Even when he's doing um, and, the, and during the um, credit scene where mm-hmm. he's at the convenience store yeah. and he's like, now this is just like in the yeah. original, but in that one, he's actually mimicking a grab and dash yes. from the convenience store. So you think yeah. he's talking about how to survive oh, yeah. a scary movie. It's like how to survive robbing somebody. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And we have scary movie too, which, you know. I actually still liked it was, mm. uh, you know, uh, they, they they did have a a, a second run because um, then who was the guy who played the small hand man? Uh, That's Chris Elliott. Oh, my God. And he is. I, so I literally wrote down and I put he is gross in like every role because he was also in um, in uh, there's something about Mary. Which yes. he was gross. He had like all the hives yeah, and, and stuff. Yeah, smell her shoes. Oh yeah. And that's... then uh, in Shit's Creek, he's great. He plays the mayor, but he's also gross in Shit's Creek. <laughs> and it's just funny that he has like he plays that character so well. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, it was that was uh 
right when you're coming into Scary Movie 2, they're obviously parodying The Exorcist. We had Andy Richter. Yeah. Uh, James Woods, who I was like, uh. Tim God. Curry. Yeah. Tim Curry was so great. Like, I just, I had the biggest crush on Tim Curry in Clue. And I love the fact that they took someone who's kind of, who's been in this world you know, being uh, in it and like yeah. he got to play a part in like spoofing, helping to spoof this. My when you said that your scary movie when you were little was Nightmare on Elm Street, mine was House on Haunted Hill. Mm. It was the remake one because that's like what they would show. I think my parents had like stars or HBO or something. And that's what they would show. And um, that was also kind of like the vibe here with like getting them all to come to this mansion and, and spend the night. Um, but yeah, I love that he was in it. We also had David Cross. <laughs> yeah. Who's <laughs> super funny. Um, and of course, Anna Ferris came back. Uh, Regina Hall came back. Uh, they replaced Buffy. Yeah. And the, and then they had, uh, one of the Mastersons. Oh yeah. The brother. Also, uh, you know, you could tell it was way back, uh, because, uh. James Woods. Was yeah, that's that what I was saying. Yeah, and I was like, "Uh, I wish." Oh, sorry, I thought just, you were like... saying that in the uh, when you said Chris Elliott, but you said uh, James Wood. I was like, "Why are you being so mean to Chris Elliott?" Okay, I just misheard. I know this is when he was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows? Back when he was Hades. Yeah. Yeah, and Hercules. Yeah. So when I, yeah. You know what's so crazy is that I read that and I I kind of mourn the fact that he wasn't able to do it, but Marlon Brando was actually supposed to play. The really? part that James Wood did. Oh, that would have been but so much But he was better. in his twilight, of course. Yeah. And like, so he wanted to do it, though. But by that time, he was getting fed. Well, he was always getting fed his line. In some regards, once he got kind of older, he was getting fed his lines. He was on an oxygen mask. And he was trying to push through. Oh, man. And he, they just said, we can't. We got to let this go. Like, we can't put it. But I would have really, I would have loved that had Marlon Brando yeah. oh, played that part. Yeah. I just and I was like, yeah, James Wood. But like, I was like, it would have been so great had Marlon Brando played that. <sighs> and we have to talk about the Exorcist girl. Do you know who that is, Ify? No. Na- She's in Nata- that Russian doll. Yeah, Natasha Leone. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that is a woman after my own heart. Mm. Yeah, I was like, love damn. A boss. I love a boss. I love red hair. <laughs> well, she was in American Pie. Oh. She was in some of, right? Yeah, she was in some of these... Um, yeah, movies that they're parodying. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so funny thinking of her and also Regina Hall that they've been like working actors for like 20 plus years, like successfully. That to me is also wild. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to point out pop culture wise is they <laughs> all of a sudden in the middle of the movie and you could tell I was like, oh, this is so of this time. They stopped to like parody the Nike ad. Oh, that was great. That's one. That's actually one of my favorite moments. Really? It's <laughs> like that's why I remember this. Ad. Oh my god, this commercial. <laughs> that was my jam. Oh, yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, we'll put it in like the footnotes. But if you're you know older than Iffy and I and don't remember this, if you Google Nike basketball ad, it's the first thing that comes up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, Iconic. like twenty years later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Ify? What points like stood out for you? Oh, well, m- the point that's still solid is just when the person is falling and uh, <laughs> he has his hands like, grab my head. He's like, use the other one. 
that I scene oh. with him with the food. I will uh, never that, forget oh that gosh. scene. My brothers and I used to do that to yeah, each other. Yeah, me. Yeah, we. It's so funny. Ours too. Like my we, germs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my germs. <laughs> it was such a long gag too, yeah. and that was the thing. I think that's what really made it hit so hard is that it went so long yeah. with how he did the turkey, how he did the yeah. pie. Oh, I was like, gosh. that scene was like one of probably one of the longest scenes in that sequel. And it just was so funny. Yeah, that was the. That, that was, that's the thing is like you really do like a slow burn of a joke where it's like you're just seeing it and you're just getting everyone's reaction and then he messes it up. <laughs> oh, so great. Uh, I would be remiss without pointing out Tori Spelling. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And it was funny that she was in this and she's also a teen queen, was a teen queen. Um, yeah. And I love the take. So they were copying Poltergeist. Well, they copied Poltergeist in many things. But um, the scene with Poltergeist with the mom being pulled up like the wall in her panties, but her like actually enjoying it. Yeah. And uh, wanting to lock this guy down and him piecing out. I thought was really funny. Um, The clown is also from Poltergeist, that whole scene. Uh, So they had Amityville Horror. We obviously mentioned The Exorcist, The Haunting, which I remember from the 90s. Um, Changeling, Hollow Man, Hannibal, The Legend of Hell House, and like I said, House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> um, so for this, the budget was uh, forty-five million. It grossed one forty-one point two million worldwide. The consensus, unfortunately, on Rotten Tomatoes is it quote a sloppy, rushed-out product. It was fascinating watching these compared to the originals because I was like, oh, they got to cut the budget by like just the filming was so different. Yeah. That I was like, it's really great that they were able to, especially with the first one, like make so much money on something that is so low budget. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because if you ask the Wayne brothers, they actually admit that it was rushed too. like in interviews afterwards. You know, they're just kind of like, well, they wanted, you know, so yeah. it's like they wanted a sequel. We weren't even supposed to have one and they wanted it quick and they pretty much they felt like they didn't have enough time to put together like a really, you know, a cohesive. And you, you notice it, too, because in the sequel, I mean, it just feels a little smaller, too, I guess, because in the first one they were in the town. You had right. all these different characters popping in and out. And in this one, they kind of secluded them in a house, which is, of course, a, the haunted house kind of trope, which is probably why it's not my favorite genre, subgenre of horror, because I like it when it's a little bit larger yeah. than life. But um, you could tell, like, I felt like. In the first one, it was a bit more like uh, cohesive with the plot, but also really playing on all types of things. And I felt like this one was a little bit more uh, slapstick. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a lot more gags in this. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. obvi- like that was the thing kind of seeing them both is the first one obviously is like this kind of almost love letter to these horror yes. films and really trying to create this plot around the idea of a parody. And this one really seemed like it was like, we're just going to try and be funny. Like yeah. We're going to be funny. It's, you know, we've done the, the artful love letter. Now, how many funny gags can we fit in and references? And we start to like lean back into almost getting into scary, um, like parody territory where it's not as good and i think three is where it leans back even more and then after three i don't even consider <laughs> Do we talk about the ones after no three? i don't i don't <laughs> yeah so there were four sequels i forgot to mention that uh the first scary movie had a 19 million dollar budget and grossed 278 million mm-hmm. so they had a really good return and another thing i forgot to mention is that anna ferris is not even on the cover because again she wasn't seen as a star uh so it had the waynes brothers it had um 
has Shannon Elizabeth, Carmen Electra, uh, and then the guy who played like a 40 year old. <laughs> we have to take a really quick break and then we're gonna hop into the future of Scary Movie right after this. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, hey. How's Still it talking about the Scary Movie franchise. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we talked about Scary Movie 2. 3, we can kind of glance through, because like I said, as as we go forward down the Scary Movies, they get... um, they get Less scary. Yeah. Well, be, it, it's so interesting, because, you know, I'm on Keenan Ivory Wayne's looking at his, like, producing writing credits, and, like, it stops after 2, mm-hmm. so... Oh, we should have mentioned that he, for the first one, was the highest, he had the highest opening weekend for a black director. Yeah. Making history. Yeah. It was groundbreaking. Solid. I mean, I, 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 of course, obviously as a writer and actor, I have so many deep thoughts on black movie theories and it's literally how I was able to, there was a podcast called, um, what is it called? The Fantasy Flicks League. That they they doubted me, and then I was right, which was they asked me to guess the opening weekend for um, us. Mm. And I guessed, I believe it was either uh, 40 or 50 million. And they were like, what? For horror and all this? I was like, well, look, you got the guaranteed 20 for a black movie. You bump it up to 30 because it's a good black movie. And you get the other 20 for the other people who actually want to see a black director and what does that spell? A <laughs> 50, 50 mil. And let me see. What what did us opening weekend box office got? Opening, they had 71 million. 
So, so they well over my guess, but I just knew you got the guarantee. So anyway, just to truncate this whole segment is I, I put a lot of thought into, um, (laughs) just that theory. And I like that he made history, uh, but yeah, after that scary movie three, he's not there. He went on to make another banger, which I haven't I haven't rewatched, but I probably should. White chicks, Gosh. yes, uh, right, white chicks. Yeah, Little Man, which people didn't like, but I actually kind of liked it. Mm. Um, and then, uh, so so scary movie three. <laughs> well, okay, so scary movie three and four were both directed by David Zucker. So mm. he is the director and writer of Airplane. The 1980 uh, film. He also was the creator of the Naked Gun franchise. Uh, so, so he definitely think, lives in parody world. Yeah. But uh, to revisit kind of uh, something that was said earlier, when Fox decided to stop uh, Living Color and recut and release it, one of uh, Keenan was quoted as saying that it there was it was it didn't work because it was an African-American product made for African-Americans. And you had these like white guys trying to figure that out and that they lost that, umph, which is why it did worse. I do believe the scary movie franchise is for everyone, but at its core, it had black creators and you, I think as a creator, you put yourself in it. Yeah. There was a lot of flavor. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah. And so when you have that at your foundation, that found that flavor is going to be looked for in subsequent movies. And you know, th- this director is the goat airplane goat. Yeah. Naked gun goat. But you you don't have the flavor, you know, like I, I'm not going to expect, you know, uh, even Scorsese himself to be able to do a reboot of uh, Don't Be a Menace in South Central and it be good. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Every, that's why it's so funny to see uh, not to sound like a snob, but it's so funny to see like directors who are popping now and people go, oh, he should direct this. He should go direct. Like so many people are like, Taika Waititi should address it. I was like, no, Taika Waititi is an amazing director, but there are certain things that he crushes at and that's what he should direct. Yeah, we should do his lane. Yeah, exactly. Because everyone has a style. It's just like music. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to want to listen to 21 Savage do a Tame Impala song. Or and Kanye West right. yeah. do gospel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I almost fell out of my chair, but you're so right. <laughs> How could you say something so controversial, yet so right? Uh, but yeah, so, uh, and I think that's why it kind of like fell off is it, it, it's moving forward with an amazing, you know, parody artist, but it's, it lost the flavor. Mm-hmm. But three still was the last one I did enjoy because you had Anthony Anderson in there mm-hmm. and he Kevin was Kevin Hart actually showed up. Yeah. Early, early Hart. Yeah. You know, like before he's in his bag, he's in his bag now, but mm-hmm. Anthony Anderson and he had, um, those bad dreads because they were making fun of Makai Pfeiffer's dreads. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was so good. Oh, um, uh, and, and Anna Ferris is still in this one too, mm-hmm. uh, and Regina Hall, which is also because I think in is Ford they're not in it, right? 
She's in it. Okay, I she's think. in it. I think the fifth one is it's the one where no one from the original. Yeah, and that's when I was like, <laughs> which I'm, makes the most sense. Yeah, it's like yeah. I'm not gonna see this. I had mm-hmm. read that they had actually asked the Wayne brothers to come back for the fifth one, but they turned them down. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, they don't have to. Do, you know, it's yeah. one of those. Things, it's a, like an artist thing, right? It's like well, you decided to go ahead with three and four without us, and yeah. now you want us to come back to and revive your franchise. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but this one is making fun of The Ring, Signs, Matrix Reloaded, and 8 Mile. So already, you know, it's it's interesting because it's it's following The Ring plot, which, I, once again, this could probably be a great movie if they just honestly followed. Like, in the same way in the first one, where they create their own plot that surrounds, that kind of surrounds mm-hmm. this parallel world of it. But it really is like at- attacking it, for lack of a better word, uh, word of just like, we're going to make fun of it and not we're going to essentially honor it. Yeah. Real life people they had in this, Simon Cowell, mm. Eminem, Michael Jackson, and Pamela Anderson. Mm. So they were still polling yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Because I think it was still, uh, still you know... Like still popping. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I went and saw it. <laughs> Scare Movie 4 came out in 2006. I will just say I wanted to point out um, one of the writers uh, on both of those, 3 and 4, was Craig uh, Mazin, who does uh, Chernobyl oh, wow. on HBO. Oh. So to me, it's really funny. Yeah, anytime It reminds me of uh, the Russo brothers, who did mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies that I watched just because it's dumb, is uh, You, Me, and Dupree. And they yeah. did that. And so I always think it's funny when you go on to do something like huge. Yeah. But like you look back at your stuff and it was like, oh, you wrote a scary movie three and four. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, somewhere. sir. Okay, sir. <laughs> and then there was five. Mm. Ashley Tisdale was in five. Really? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, that's, that's all that's... I got. Oh, yeah, that's... I haven't seen it. Yeah. Still, I did not watch it for this podcast. Yeah. You're um, like, I won't put myself through that. Nope. Nope. <laughs> So, but uh, but now we're we have some rumblings. Uh, Lantern Entertainment is thinking of rebooting the Scary Movie franchise, uh, according to the Geek Nerd Nation. Uh, so, my only advice to Lantern Entertainment is like, kind of know what made one great. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would naturally be like, you got to get the Wayne's Brothers, but honestly, I don't. I think you can do it without them, and I think they're past this <laughs> they don't want to revisit this uh but just really just knowing what although made... marlon did a haunted house oh that's true mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know i think he's still in i think he's still down yeah uh the, that you can also watch all not all of these but you can watch that on uh on netflix and i watched one and two last yeah. night on netflix um sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no no but yeah so no. i think they might actually be that would be nice. It would be a nice touch, even if it is just like if they're doing a whole franchise to pass the torch, just have it off. I think it's a right time for it, too, though. We've seen I mean, there's the whole bait of like elevated, quote unquote, elevated horror and what that means. Mm-hmm. And you just had a, a resurgence of yeah. uh, the horror genre, for one, but also just kind of getting into the mainstream of, you know, us and, of course, Get Out and Hereditary and Midsummer and others and other films around that. So I think it'd be, it would be interesting to see how they parody that. I mean, the whole Conjuring universe yeah. is ripe for that. Oh, man. I, I Just you saying that just made it make sense in my head is if they just kind of do attack, like, the elevate the idea mm, of an right? elevated horror. <laughs> like. I think that, though, they could, because, you know, 
the scary movies, they made fun of like the teen genre too. So I think this one could make fun of the superhero genre. Oh yeah. I think that people have been waiting to do that. Uh, So I feel like that could also be like just a lot of the tropes that we still see with them. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, wasn't there a superhero parody? Yeah. Oh, the, oh yeah, superhero, superhero movie. movie. Yeah. But I mean, and that was technically done way too early. Here's the thing. Yeah. Some. I mean, something that people will actually watch. Oh, okay. That makes because I don't know if anyone saw that. Yeah. Let's see. Superhero movie. That it was came also out in 2008. Done by Craig too. Yeah. That was way too early it. for yeah, that to make sense. Because we've had so many superhero. Well, movies and superhero since movies then. were different back then. Yeah. So I feel like they were almost parodying different, like different they're yeah. not pairing the marvel and dc of today so but they should gosh i love that they did it in the style of the scary movie like scene where they're all in the movie seats and everyone's like oh and i was like mm-hmm. oh man <laughs> well i think we have to wrap up yeah 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 chauncey where can people find you um, well, a lot of well, all of my um, film and TV criticisms can be found on Rotten Tomatoes, also uh, the international publication People's World, and also on my YouTube channel, Twisted Woman CKR. Mm-hmm. Dope. I wanted to say, uh, give a shout out to some of the sources that we use today on the podcast would be Adam K. Raymond, who's at Vulture, RogerEbert.com, Entertainment Weekly articles by Shirley Lee, Alan Carter, and Rebecca a- Rebecca Asher Walsh. So uh, those will be in the footnotes if you want to read further on them. I uh, am on all social medias at Ms. Danny Fernandez, M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. Don't forget to hit up our T Public site. It's tpublic.com slash nerdificent. Thanks everyone that has gotten a sticker or a mug or a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or any type of merch and tagged Iffy and I. That way we can see it and reshare it. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and we'll have to upload some new designs. I know uh, we want some, you know, want some flesh, fresh gear. Not flesh gear, fresh gear. We've been talking hard too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, definitely hit it up. And you know, I'm Ify Wadiway uh, on Twitter and Instagram. If D's on Twitch, the Discord is discord.gg forward slash salt squad, where we keep different kinds of nerdy conversations going. The footnotes live in there as well. Thanks to Geek Create and Fleckery. And also, uh, you know, we have an anime club where we're watching through anime every week. Right now, we're on uh, Black Lagoon. We're only, uh, at the time of listening, eight episodes in, so you can still catch up. Uh, So get it in. And as we always say, stay Stay nerdy. nerdy.
Hey, y'all, it is Danny and Iffy with Nerdificent. And if you are stressed out about what your kids are going to be doing when school is out or if summer is looking like just an endless abyss of screen time and learning loss, it's not too late to turn it around and get ready for summer for your kids being out of school. We have the perfect solution. It's ID Tech. Yeah, ID Tech is the world's number one STEM program from kids ages 7 to 19. Yeah, they have rock star instructors that transform your kids' love of apps and video games, which we all love, Ify and I love too. Too much. um, Into a foundation for college and internships and dream careers and companies like Google, EA, and Disney. Yeah, yeah. The kids have a blast and they built the STEM skills employers are desperate for at a young age. Yeah, today their programs are held at 150 prestigious campus destinations worldwide, from Caltech to NYU to UPenn and Cambridge. Ooh, yes, yes. And chances are you can find a location within driving distance. Yeah, so they have week-long day and overnight options are available with courses for all skill levels. Yeah, in addition to their signature camps, ID Tech also offers all-girl camps, pre-collegiate teen-only academies, and advanced capstone experience and year-round online private lessons. We're getting women into STEM, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Invest in your kid today so they can be smart like Ify and I. Ify and I are the smartest. Danny is the smartest. So... <laughs> Make this summer count with a session at ID Tech. Visit idtech.com slash nerd today to reserve your child's spot and receive $75 off. Yeah, that's idtech.com slash nerd. It's N-E-R-D for 75 off. idtech.com slash nerd. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether you are a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.